an on button. <laughs> Let me check, yeah. Uh, okay. Morning, everyone. It's good to be here again. I want to thank your pastor, your church leaders, and also your MSF to give me this privilege and joy of coming here to share the Word of God with you this morning. It's always a pleasure to come here. And, um, and by, I want to say that I come here not just as a pastor, but as a friend. Um, Daniel, I think he said, I think you should become a member here. Lah. And um, since he's a GC president, I better listen, right? <laughs> um, but then Penang Wesley will want to disown me. Um, I was asked to send a brief write-up about myself, and I know that Zhong Jing was a lay leader. So I said, how come? He just want to make sure the information is correct, but he got something wrong. I was not born and bred in Penang. <laughs> I came to Penang, Malaysia, in, when I was eight years old, a long, long time ago. Okay? Um, I'm a real pentatang. Okay? But um, I can say Penang my home because um, no chance of me going back to my kampung. Um, but it's good to be here, and I want to thank you once again. Um, I guess your pastor shouldn't think it's safe for him to be away today, trusting that this old pastor will not say anything wrong. Uh, so please don't report to him what I said. Huh? <laughs> the question is this. Um, what do we do when we grow older? What do we do with our life? Many of us live their ordinary lives. And then we read stories of famous men and women of God, great missionaries and pastors. And now our friends send us all kinds of videos and so on and about great churches, mega churches, great worship leaders. And sometimes we feel very small, don't we? We feel very insignificant. And we wonder how we fit into God's plan of this big kingdom. What me, a little old me, have to do with the kingdom of God? And this is even worse for us seniors. Um, the older we get, sometimes we feel more helpless and almost sometimes even useless. And we ask ourselves, what do I do with my life? What, does, what kind of plan does God have for me? And that's why I want to share with you this morning some teachings from Jesus about servanthood from the Gospel of John. Sorry, Gospel of Luke. Before we carry on, let's pray. Lord, we are your children. We are the servants of the Most High King. In every household, in every organization, and especially in a kingdom, there are some jobs that seem to be more important. There are some tasks that seem insignificant. 
And yet, help us to remember, each of us has a part to play. And you know exactly what we ought to do, and you put us in the right place at the right time to fulfill your task. And I pray that you speak to all of us today and help us to know your love even more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say that I would say that the message today is not just for MSF or for seniors. It's for all of us as the people of God, in the church of God. And I want to say that there's good news for us, especially for those of us who feel in small insignificant. Whether you want to be a big servant of God, or a small servant of God. It doesn't matter. The kingdom of God operates in a different setting, in a different level, in, with different values from the ways of the world. And we have to remind ourselves that constantly. And we need to have a right perspective, even in OH. And for those of us who are younger, still having ambitions to conquer or to change the world, remember, seek God's will for you for your life. And you'll find that the joy that you receive is far more than what can you imagine. In the Gospel of Luke, the word servant is used quite often. That's right. Uh, uh, sorry. Hang on. Huh? The word servant, which is actually slave, right? The doulos. We had the doulos hope they came to visit us a few months ago. There's what? Slave. Translated as servant. Slave, sometimes so nice. Huh? That's why the, we try. <coughs> but servants, slaves more than 30 times. And then there are several parables on servanthood, and there are four of them, and I've chosen two, from chapter 12 and chapter <coughs> 17. But I would encourage you to go back and read the rest of it. Okay? So, the first one, 12, 34 to 38. I've not asked the first 34 to be read, but I, because I'll bring it up later. Okay. The main point in this parable is that a servant must always be alert and be ready to do the master's will. Always dress and be ready. Not going out party clothes, but working clothes. And be ready to attend to the master. Always be on call. Now, doctors, nurses, soldiers know that what it means. Parents also know, know, know what that means, especially when they have small children, right? Always be ready and respond. And in this case, for the master's return at any time and be ready. And the parable talks about the third watch. What does that mean? 
In the Bible times, there are three watches of the night starting at 6 o'clock until 6 o'clock in the morning, roughly. Okay? So the third watch is from 12, 12 midnight to 3 a.m. I mean, we Cantonese punya samkang. Okay? That's why I said, go like this. You go to a dinner wedding, dinner, wedding dinner now, what time does it finish? <laughs> Nowadays, sometimes it finishes at 11 o'clock, right? By the time you get home, it's 12, 12 something. Um, so, what it means, it doesn't matter what, the, what time the masters come home, you must be ready and be found doing the job that you are supposed to do, that the job then be assigned to him. Now, but this story has a very interesting twist, this parable rather. Look at verse 37 and see what Jesus said the master will do. The master will take off his fine party clothes and put on his servant's clothes, working clothes, and dress himself like a servant, tell his servant to sit down at the table nicely, and then serve them. And they can enjoy themselves. Question. Where do we ever find a master who does things like that? Any of you have ever done, ever done that for your servant or your housemate? Even during his birthday party or something like that? I don't think we have to, nobody ever does that on earth. Not in Malaysia either. But that's precisely why we must learn to trust our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. He does not take us for granted, ever. He does not ever ill-treat us like a slave master that we hear about and read about. He cares for us far more than we can think or imagine. In case you've forgotten, what do we read in John chapter 13? The master took off his clothes, dressed himself like a servant, and washed his disciples' feet. So he does what he teaches us to do. And that's what our master is like. Again, it's important to remember that the values and the standards of the kingdom of God is totally different from the values of the world. And we must never live as people of the world. We must always strive to live as the people of the kingdom of God. We are not to be concerned with early rewards or worldly expectations. We do not serve the kingdom of God and then measure our work on earthly terms. Never ever do that. And Jesus tells us, however, that the rewards in store for us, for his servants, is far beyond our expectation, more than anything we can ever imagine. I mean, we talk about heaven, but we have no idea what it's like, okay? Only that whatever we can think about is far, far greater than our earthly imagine enable us. Because heaven is not earth. And so Jesus reminds us in in verse 34, before 35 is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our focus is on Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Master, 
and we must look always heavenwards, even as we do the everyday mundane routine earthly tasks, whether at home or in church. So how do we do this? How do we live? Then let's go on to the next parable in chapter 17. This parable has a more realistic outlook, our life on earth, isn't it? What's the servant to do? The servant has been working all day in the field, and then he comes into the house at the end of the day already hungry and tired. And the master says, come, sit down. Take a good rest. I will wash your feet and get your dinner ready. Does any master do that? No. The master does not do that. The master says, oh, good, you're here. All right, get my dinner ready so I can eat. I'm hungry. One of the things we must never ever forget when we read the Bible or any old, old text, I must look at the context, isn't it? In those days, as I said, a servant is a slave and belongs to the household. He has no right except the privilege to work for the master and be subject to the conditions imposed by his master. He may be very learned. Some of the slaves are actually tutored to the master's children. Right? But still, he is subject to the master's will. His reward and pay, if there's any, is at the master's pleasure. And today's MSS Sunday, many of us who are seniors will remember that not so long ago, this master and servant relationship was still with us. And some of us had grown up in families where the servant, usually a woman, was very much part of the household, isn't it? And I've seen some of these servants driving cars, driving the children to school. They have a lot of rights, but they are still servants. And even the small children know that. Unfortunately, the mindset hasn't changed. For some, mysterious cases of ill treatment and terrible harm inflicted by some of our local employers on their servants. Once in a while, we hear about that and the masters or the or the boss get arrested and thrown to jail. But there's much suffering. But what we need to ask, how do we live? The important thing to remember is that the servant gets to work at the pleasure and the mercy of the master. In a small household, there may be just one or two servants, but in a big house or in a king's palace, there would be many, many servants. And then, Some have so-called more important jobs, some more responsibilities, but nevertheless, they are all really servants or slaves to the master. And no matter what position the servant has, every job has to be done, every job has to be taken care of, and everyone answers to the master. But even as the servants work in the household, what attitude should the servant have? What is the servant's view regarding his or her own position? 
we are unworthy servants. We have been given the privilege to stay in your house, to come into your house, to take refuge in your house, and to work in your field. We are dependent on your mercy and favor. If you think about it, even today, that's exactly what the household of God or the kingdom of God is like, isn't it? In the scheme of God's plan and relationship to us, we are in fact unworthy servants. We have been saved by grace and grace alone. We don't deserve God's salvation and God's grace. We have nothing and no merit to commend ourselves. And we must never ever forget that. We only try to do everything we can, seeking to please our Lord and Master and serve Him at His will and mercy. And having done everything He has given us to do, we can only say we are unworthy servants. We thank you for saving me, or I thank you for saving me. I thank you for accepting me. I thank you for making me your servant. We are unworthy servants. We have nothing to commend ourselves. And we should remind ourselves of that one every now and then. Whether you meet your MSF or MW or MYF or even LCC meetings. that we are doing what we are doing by the grace of God. But we also need to remember something else. That it doesn't matter what the task is. Every task is important. Every job has to be done. We are answerable to our Master, our Lord. So now I'm going to stick my neck out and say that it doesn't matter whether the bishop or the DC secretary or, or the president, whether it's the pastor or the lay leader, worship leader, or quote-unquote just the usher, or the one who takes care of the kitchen and makes sure everybody has coffee, or the traffic warden, but you have the real-life people doing that now. But sadly, within the church, whether it's a local church or the, or the bigger church or inter-church levels, we tend to have a hierarchy of which ministry is more honorable and more respectable, isn't it? We forget that. So, don't ever say to yourself, I'm just a Sunday school teacher or the BB officer. If you are doing what you believe God has given you to do, that's his job for you. And that's the most important job that you can do. To do anything else, you are disobeying your master. It's simple as that. So don't fight for positions. Don't be envious. 
All of us have our own assigned task, and we seek to fulfill that. And having done everything, we still say, I am an unworthy servant, redeemed by grace through Jesus Christ, empowered by God to do his will. So the Lord gave several parables. The interesting thing is in Luke, the parable in chapter 12 comes first, right? To let you know in your heart that you don't have to worry about anything. Having said that, chapter 7 says, we got to remember, I got to remember, that I'm only in God's house by grace. I am an unworthy servant. But what it means is we don't have to worry. God has promised, Jesus has promised to take care of us. So it doesn't matter what happened. So go back and read that again, right? Read the other parables too. And ask God to show you what you sh- what, how you should think and discuss among yourself. So what it means is, as we look at just these two parables, we are all servants of the Lord and the Most High King. And we do not choose to do what we want to do or what we want or we do not want to do. And let me say that our will, our desires, must be subsumed, subjected to the will of God. I thought I'd bring this up. Yeah, remember this old song, When I Look in Your Holiness? And I get, I get the shivers when I hear, even in church, and you still hear young people singing that nowadays, let my will become enthroned in your love. And how many of you have been singing that, it that way for many years? It's not enthroned, it's enthralled. And we say enthroned because we don't know what en- the word enthralled means. <laughs> The word enthroned means captivated, frozen, enslaved in the love of God so that I have no more will of my own. And it's God's will that reigns supreme in my life. Always remember, so you've been singing enthroned your love, please correct that and don't ever make that mistake again, okay? We cannot afford to enthrone our will in the God's will. That's what little babies do, little children do when they throw a tantrum. Our will has to be subjugated by God. I didn't want to become a pastor, in case Yong Jin didn't know that. <laughs> I got no choice. Then when I say, okay, I will serve you and I want to be a missionary, God said, no, I don't want to be a missionary. Come back to Malaysia and serve. I'm still, past- I'm still serving as pastor. Last year, at the end of the annual conference, Pastor Rodo called me and said, Hua Chen, uh, they transferred Liu to Alostar. We don't, no have Chinese, we don't have Chinese-speaking pastor in Penang Valley anymore. What to do? And to my, to my surprise, I can actually preach in Hokkien now. <laughs> Which is, 
I, I know Cantonese, Mandarin, and Hokkien in that order. All right? And when I go to McKellar, I preach in Hokkien. I don't know how that is possible, but God made it enable me. We just do what He tells us to do. And when you do that, you know what? You're right in the center of His will. You don't have to fight yourself because you don't have to fight with God anymore. And you have peace in your heart, you have joy in your heart. And to know that we have been blessed with life, with salvation, with gift, with peace that we can't earn and the world cannot take away. So friends, whether you're young or old, do not envy your brother or your sister about what he has or what she does. Each of us will be given more grace and blessing that we can deserve, that we can imagine. We simply ask God to guide us and ask the Holy Spirit to empower us. So, as a final word for the seniors here, don't worry about how old you are. Don't worry about how strong you are. Just do what God has given you to do. Coming to church and smile and you're one of the members who feels rather lonely is a blessing to them. And that's what you're doing. Saying a word of prayer to them. Serving them a cup of coffee. Giving a bulletin. I found that there's no bulletin in this to give out. <laughs> do what God has given you to do. And when you feel, if, if you ever feel tired or discouraged, remember it's your Lord and Master that has called you, and He knows exactly what He wants you to do. Too often we don't, you know. Do what He's given you to do. And let me end by reminding us. Verse 34. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So set your heart on heaven. Set your heart on Jesus Christ. And you are right in the center of His will for you. So in closing, I'll, my prayer is that every one of us will learn to hear our Lord Jesus Christ say to us, let me repeat. My prayer is that every one of us will learn to hear what Jesus Christ says to us in this life. Right now, today. So that when he returns, he will be able to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. And what other reward do you need? If you hear that. And... In closing then, for your discussion, know that you are the servant of the Most High God by His grace, by His mercy. So we are to be like Jesus, our Lord and Master, who humbled Himself and took on the form of a servant. We should say, to put on the form of a slave. For your sake and for my sake. 
in order that he may show his love and to save us. So, spend the rest of your life doing what he's given you to do. Ask the Lord to show you what he's given you to do. We saw to fulfill the task or ministry that's assigned you, big or small, with joy and with thanksgiving. And by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. So that you may hear him say. That we may all hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you have left us some very, very important teachings. But you also show us how to live out this teaching by yourself first. So that your disciples can learn from you. So that we, your disciples and your servants can learn from you. Lord, I want to ask that you can do bless this church. Bless everyone here. Bless our MSF. For many of us, we feel old, we feel tired, we wonder what we do. But we are still here on earth because you still have a job for us. And we need to learn from you and to ask of you each day, Lord, show me what you want me to do today. When we learn to walk in your will, we know your peace, we know your joy. When we walk in your will, we become a blessing to others around us. Whether it be our family, our neighbors, our friends, our church members, our co-workers, or even the old lady in the market. You want us to be a blessing. And you want us to declare your glory to the nations. Make this true in us, Lord, we pray. Amen.